Daniel Johnston was an American singer, musician, and visual artist and was regarded as a significant figure in the outsider lo-fi and the alternative music scene throughout the 1980s and beyond. Most of Johnston's music consisted of cassettes that he recorded alone in his home, friend's home, or sometimes his parents' homes, and his music was frequently cited to be pure and have childlike qualities. Johnston lived a troubled personal life, however, and throughout his teens and adult years, he spent extended periods of time in therapy as well as psychiatric institutions. He began garnering a local following in Austin, Texas in the 1980s by passing out tapes of his music through a drive through of a McDonald's that he worked at in Dolby Center. His cult status grew and was propelled onto the national scene when Nirvana's Kurt Cobain was seen wearing a t-shirt that featured the art piece and album cover Jeremiah the Innocent that is from Johnston's 1983 album High How Are You. Johnston's creativity was not limited just to music. He was an accomplished visual artist and his illustrations were and still are exhibits at galleries around the world. As mentioned, his struggles with mental illness were a very large part in his life and were featured in the documentary back in 2005 that I highly recommend you check out after this podcast called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston died in 2019 of a suspected heart attack. And on this episode, we will examine his troubled, brilliant, and far too brief career and life. For this is That One Show. Season 3, Episode 17, Songs of Pain, The Life and Music of Daniel Johnston. Listen up and I'll tell a story. An artist growing old. Some would try for fame and glory. Others aren't so bold. Everyone and friends and family saying, Hey, get a job. Why do you only do that only? Daniel Johnston was born in Sacramento, California. However, he grew up in New Cumberland, West Virginia, and was the youngest of five kids to parents William Johnston and Mabel Ruth Johnston. Daniel Johnston began recording music in the late 1970s when he purchased a Sanyo Monroe boombox for the price of $59 and taught himself to play piano and chord organ. Following high school graduation, Johnson spent a few weeks at Abilene Christian University 
located in West Texas before he dropped out and later attending an art program at Kent State University during which he recorded the album Songs of Pain and the album More Songs of Pain. Recorded and released when he was still just in his late teens, Songs of Pain was the first official album by Daniel Johnston, and he recorded it on the aforementioned tape recorder and released it on cassette tape. Johnston recorded the songs that made up Songs of Pain in the basement of a parent's home over in West Virginia. It was recorded throughout 1979, 1980, and 1981 when he finally completed it and handed out copies for free to his friends and family. Now, Johnson began writing these songs in the late 70s simply to impress his friends Lori Allen and Dave Thornberry. For you see, Daniel Johnston had a crush on his friend Lori Allen and equated her with true love and all that was good in the world. Many of these songs were written were self-deprecating love songs to impress Allen. And eventually, in 1980, Johnson actually began recording these songs and compiling them into albums that, like we said, he handed out to his friends, all to impress a girl. You see, the Sanyo cassette recorder that we told you about earlier was bought for just 59 bucks at a radio shack. And Johnston performed most, and if not all, the instrumentation and overdubbed the vocals all by himself. And during this time, as he had spent three years of his life working on this album, Johnston discovered that the subject of his affection and his muse, Lori Allen, did not recuperate his feelings. In fact, she was engaged to another man. This left Johnson heartbroken, even more so when Allen moved to Florida with her fiance, leaving Johnston all alone, which ended up affecting the album's depressive mood. All songs on this album feature Johnston on vocals and piano, except the song Premarital Sex, where he plays the organ. The opening track, Grievances, introduces themes that reoccur throughout his career. He sings about his unrequited love for the, quote, librarian, which obviously refers to Alan, who has functioned as a muse in many of his songs, and this has been described as the quintessential Daniel Johnston song, even though it's the first song from his first album. Here is Daniel Johnston's Grievances. If I had my own way, you'd be with me here today. But I rarely have my own way. I guess that's why you're not here with me today. And the librarian said, you can't buy no respect. I said, hey, lady, what can you expect when I'm lying on the floor? You're a lovely lady, but you don't want to be no girl of mine. Well, the only thing you ever done for me was help me waste my time. Saw you at the funeral. You were standing there like a temple. I said, Hi, how are you? Hello, and I pulled up a casket, crawled in. Yes, I did. Climbed up a mountain, and I looked around. Some kind of circus. 
circus with all them clowns. I said, hey, wait a minute, can we slow down a bit? And I almost got hit by a truck. Around a year later, Johnston self-released his second self-recorded album, don't be scared. The artwork on this album is a drawing of Johnson's polka dot underwear guy character with the top of his head removed. The exposed inside of his head represents Johnston's inability to hold anything back as an artist and, well, kind of as a person, spilling forth embarrassingly personal expressions of vulnerability. The polka dot underwear guy was created some years earlier when Johnston was still in high school represent anybody's in battle life, including his own. An updated version of the polka dot underwear guy later appeared on the cover of their retired boxer and was renamed Joe the Boxer. In my opinion, the standout track on this album is this song, The Sun Shines Down on Me. I'm getting closer to the fact I've turned my back on silly dreams I'm walking down that lonely road in my heavy load I didn't bother to bring it when the sun shines down on me I feel like I deserve it when the sun shines down I'm hiding out where you can't see Behind a wall In the back of the room I'm crawling slowly through the dark And feeling for a punchline When the sun shines down on me I want to feel The What of Whom was the third self-released album and once again was released on cassette only by Daniel Johnston, recorded in 1982. However, it was actually re-released in 1988 by Stress Records and was even made available online as an MP3 by eMusic in 2000 and was released finally on CD in the year 2004 by Eternal Yippie Music. In between some of the songs, Daniel has little snippets of himself talking or small skits of background noise concerning just the mundane of his everyday life. As we stated, this album was recorded in 1982, mostly in August of that year. There between Johnston's junior and senior years studying at Kent State University in Liverpool, Ohio. The album, like Songs of Pain and Don't Be Scared, previously was recorded in his parents' basement in West Virginia, where the 21-year-old Johnston was living at the time during breaks from college, such as summer break. A guest writer for Atwood Magazine noted influences on this album from Elvis Costello, as well as the Beatles, specifically a young John Allen on the track Man Obsessed. Here's a bit of that song, and you all see if you all see some influence and similarities to a young John Lennon. Hey, 
songs of pain was daniel johnson's final album that would be recorded in his parents basement in rural west virginia during the recording of this album johnson was at 21 and 22 years old and if it had not been for him being removed by his parents from kent state university for the fear of him failing to graduate he would be in his senior year at kent state instead he would write record and release this album more songs of pain and the album introduced the reoccurring character of Joe, which is a proxy or a stand-in, if you will, for Johnston himself. Joe was just an average guy trying to get through life and defeat his own demons. Joe would feature heavily in the lyrics to Hi, How Are You? and would reappear later in the album Retired Boxer as well as having an improved sound quality over his previous albums, more songs of pain showcase Johnston becoming less self-referential in his lyrics, such as on this song, More Dead Than Alive. He played the game, but he failed the test.
Throughout 1983, Johnston's parents, with whom, as we mentioned, he was still living, became increasingly concerned about his mental and his emotional health. They thought he may need a change of scenery, so his older brother Dick offered to have Daniels come stay with him during the summer down in Houston, Texas, where he worked. Since Daniel left his piano at West Virginia with his parents in their home, he decided to purchase a chord organ and converted his brother's garage into a makeshift recording studio where he recorded his next album called Yip Jump Music. Along with the chord organ that he bought secondhand in Texas, he also performed tracks on a detuned ukulele, most noticeably on the song Sorry Entertainer, which concludes with Johnson strumming a ukulele's four strings, either really good or really bad, depending on your perspective. And when I'm dead, like to have it said, he drove those demons out of his head. I'm a Music makes several references to Johnson's relocation from West Virginia to Houston, Texas, most notably on the songs Worried Shoes and Chord Organ Blues. Chord Organ Blues, for example, opens with the line, Everything's big in Texas. You know it is. I think I might have made a big mistake. September of 1983, Daniel wore out his welcome at his brother's Dick's home and was evicted. You see, Daniel had been living with Dick throughout the summer and recorded his previous mentioned album, Yet Jump Music, in Dick's garage. 
Following this unceremoniously parting of the ways, Margie Johnston, Daniel's sister, invited him to live with her in San Marcos, where he worked in pizza delivery. Margie didn't have any extra furniture for Daniel, so they bought him a mattress, which he placed on the floor for him to sleep on. Margie notes that Daniel thrived in the environment because he was allowed to make a mess. Here, Johnston made his next album, Hi, How Are You? Likely the most well-known song on this album, and arguably Johnston's most well-known song, period, is Walkin' the Cow. And it is a song that whose title was inspired by an illustration on a wrapper of Blue Bell ice cream that was depicting a young girl attempting to lead a stubborn cow by its reins. Here is a bit of Daniel Johnston's Walking the Cow from his album, Hi, How Are You? After the release of How Are You, Johnston's mental well-being deteriorated to the point that his sister and mother suggested he seek professional help. Specifically, they wanted to have him institutionalized. However, instead of taking their advice, he disappeared. On Father's Day of that year, he left on a moped and rode it to a local carnival where he got a job working at the corndog stand. Traveling with the carnival over the next six months, Johnston and this carnival eventually arrived in Austin, Texas, which just a few days later at the carnival, Johnston upset a patron so bad because he was taking too long in the porta potty that the patron repeatedly punched Johnston, an assault that left him badly hurt. So bad, in fact, that he left the carnival and wandered into a nearby church for help. This church was called the Austin University Church of Christ. The good folks here at this church took Johnston to a doctor and got him all patched up and even leased an apartment for him. And this is where Johnston began working not only at a local McDonald's, but on his next album that was eventually released as Retired Boxer 
and features a song that references his assault in the carnival porta potty. Bye bye, Birdie. It even features the lyrics, A knock in the skull sure changes a man. And here is a bit of that song, Bye Bye Birdie. I'll take a very brief break, but after these messages, we'll be back with the more of the Daniel Johnson story, including telling the tales of his work with Wilco's Jeff Tweedy and how Metallica costed him a major record deal. Hey, I want to tell you all real quick about the brand new presenting sponsor of that one show, the Goblin Trading Company. They make all kinds of cool stuff, shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs. Uh, they do a lot of D&D type merchandise, but they also have the, a bunch of exclusive that one show merch. Uh, they've got me as a goblin. They've got me as a superhero, a Funko Pop, all kinds of stuff. You can get those on hoodies, coffee mugs, t-shirts, whatever you'd like. Check them out at etsy.com backslash shop backslash goblin trading. I'll also have a link straight to their store in the show notes of this and every episode of season three. Once again, for your official one show merchandise and much, much more, check out my friends at the Goblin Trading Company. It was at this time in his life that Johnson began handing out tapes of his albums to customers that frequented the McDonald's that he worked at in Austin, Texas. He would pass these cassettes out both over the counter and through the drive-thru. This act, along with the albums themselves, began to grow Johnson's reputation at the Austin music scene. He attracted the attention of local press and even gained a following at live venues in the city. His live performances were sporadic but often were hotly anticipated and well attended, so much so that he ended up getting on an episode of The Cutting Edge on MTV, which led to, in 1988, him visiting New York City 
where he recorded the album 1990 with producer Mark Kramer at Noise Studios. This was Johnston's very first experience in a professional recording environment after almost a decade of self-recording and self-releasing homemade albums on cassette. Unfortunately, during this time, Johnson's mental health further deteriorated, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, I would like to play for you his cover of the Beatles song, Got to Get You Into My Life, which is on his album, 1990. this album was basically less than a week and Johnston even found time to promote himself in New York with two performances during this time. He was scheduled to return home to Texas but Johnston remained in New York City for several more weeks and unfortunately during this time he stopped taking his medication which led to his increasingly erratic behavior. The start of this unstable behavior was an arrest at the Statue of Liberty where he caught, was caught drawing the ichthus in a stairwell, so he was arrested and charged with graffiti. Shortly afterward, on April 15th, Johnson did perform a 20-minute gig at Pier Platters in Hoboken, New Jersey. This concert saw Johnson perform largely unreleased material including Spirit World Rising, the album version of which was recorded at Norris, New York. And the final six minutes of this concert, during which Johnson performs Careless Soul and Funeral Home from his continued story album, were included on the album 1990. This concert had led those around Johnson to believe that things were starting to get out of control for him and that he very much needed to return to home. Shelley threatened to call Johnson's parents, which caused a fight between the two, and Johnson was afraid he would be institutionalized again so once again, he ran away and disappeared. Along with the rest of Sonic Youth, Steve eventually found Johnson in a hotel parking lot and attempted to convince him to return home. But Johnson was confident he was on a mission from God and had to stay in New York for a while longer. After this, Shelley, who Johnston had been staying with up until this point, asked Kramer to look after him for a few days. But after a few days together, Johnson attempted to return to Shelley. He was found by Kramer a few days later, being thrown out of a hotel room. And the next day, Lee Ronaldo found Johnston at a men's shelter in the Bowery District in New York City, where Johnston was assaulted and lost some of his possessions. Eventually, some friends made arrangements to take him to the bus station and bought him a ticket home 
where they thought they saw him get on the bus. However, two years later, he was once again cited in New York City. On April 22nd, he was admitted to a mental institution in Bellevue, but was released the same day due to a clerical error and opened for Firehouse that night at the world-famous CBGB. The tracks Tears, Stupid Tears, and Don't Play Cards with Satan were recorded live at this concert, and following the events of the week, Johnson was dropped from Blast First Records before he even released any music with them. Finally, Johnson was eventually returned to his parents' home in West Virginia, where he would record the album It's Spooky. This album was completed in a single week, like most of his recordings. Fair later said it was very intense and that it was hard to keep up with all of Johnston's ideas. He was put in charge of recording the album and had to work around Johnston's reluctance to do more than just a few takes per song. Johnston and Fair recorded most of the album in just two takes, if not one, and Fair would focus on mic placement and recording levels and then join in for the second take. Producer Fair had wanted to work on the project for a more expanded period of time to help smooth things out, but Johnston insisted they finish it by the time he left town. Here is the title track from this album, It's Spooky. of it spooky Johnson was once again arrested and once again institutionalized he had not been taking his medication during this time and therein a episode caused an old woman to jump out of her second story window while attempting to cast her demons out Johnston was institutionalized at Weston State Hospital Johnson's popularity began to grow once again during this time and in 1990 he played at a music festival in Austin, Texas, but on the way back to West Virginia on a private two-seater plane that was being piloted by his father, Bill, Johnson had a manic psychotic episode believing he was Casper the Friendly Ghost. Johnston removed the key from the plane's ignition and threw it outside. His father, which was a former U.S. Air Force pilot, relied on his training years before and managed to successfully crash land the plane even though there was nothing down there but trees where they landed. And although the plane was destroyed, Johnston and his father emerged with only minor injuries. But as a result of this episode, Johnston was involuntarily committed to a mental hospital. And by 1991, Johnston was institutionalized once again 
at the Austin State Hospital after relocating to Waller, Texas with his family. During this period, Johnson's popularity exploded nationally, thanks in large part to Kurt Cobain wearing a shirt featuring the Hi How Are You cover at several concerts and publicity events, most notably at the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards. This search visibility led to increased publicity for Johnson, and around this time, Terry Token contacted Johnston manager Jeff Tartikoff and asked, inquired about signing him to Elektra Records. Tartikoff and Token and Johnson met in the waiting room of the Austin State Hospital and had a half-hour business meeting result in a contract taking careful consideration into Johnson's situation. The label would provide Johnston with a physician, not require him to tour at any time, and not drop him for failure to promote the record. Tartikoff referred to this as the most one-sided contract in favor of an artist's rights that had ever been drawn up. Electra intended to sign Johnston for his the rest of his career with eight records planned. Over the next few months, Tartikoff and Token waited for Johnston's health to improve. Meanwhile, Tartikoff was contacted by Yves Buvis, Vice President and A&R for Atlantic Records, which was also interested in signing Johnston, and Tartikoff told him they were very close to signing with Electra, which, guess what, resulted in a bidding war with as much as $100,000 being offered to Daniel. Once Daniel was finally released from Austin State Hospital, he became paranoid about Elektra, worried that they were satanic, and that Elektra recording artist Metallica would beat him up and kill him if they saw him. So as such, the deal with them was abandoned. Tartikoff eventually discovered he had been replaced as Johnson's manager by Tom Gimble. Johnson had discovered Gimble after visiting Austin-based record label Amazing Records, and after giving the receptionist a tape, Gimble recognized Johnston and followed him out to give him his card. And months later, Johnston hired Gimble as his new manager, and Gimble insisted he had no experience as a manager, but Johnston convinced him to give it a try. And within weeks of Gimble's hiring, in February of 1994, Johnston was signed to Atlantic Records. The new contract featured no provisions to the deal with Johnson's illness and with the emphasis on releasing an album just as soon as possible to cash in on the publicity he had received thanks to one Kurt Cobain. Buvis was aware that Johnston Elvis would make the album difficult to record, and so he hired Paul Leary to produce it. Leary later noted that Johnson had trouble playing her instruments at the time, leading Leary to provide much of the backing, and according to Buvis, Johnston was suffering with severe lithium tremors, and his hands were too unsteady to play anything, especially the piano, for which he was famous. Johnston would showcase the basic chord progression of songs to Leary, who would then work on the instrumentation and guitar tracks at a local studio owned by Willie Nelson. The vocals were finally overdubbed in Johnson's parents' garage just outside of Houston, and the album Fun was released on September the 20th, 1994, selling 5,800 copies. Here is a bit of what is considered to be one of, if not the standout track on the album, Life in Vain.
just to be alive When I feel like the living dead I'm giving it up so plain I'm living my life in vain And where am I going to? Johnston was dropped by Atlantic Records in 1996, and after his release, he would take a hiatus for a very long time, but eventually returned in 2001 with an album called Rejected Unknown. And in 2004, Johnston released an album by the name of the late great Daniel Johnson, Discovered and Covered. This was a two-disc compilation, which the first disc featured cover songs including such artists as Tom Waits, Beck, TV on the Radio, Eels, Bright Eyes, Calvin Johnson, Death Cab for Cutie, Sparkle Horse, Mercury Rev, The Flaming Lips, and The Starlight Mints. With the second disc on this album, featuring Johnson's original recordings and songs, including the song Devil Town, which you may recognize as a cover version from the theme of Friday Night Lights. I was living in a devil town. Didn't know it was a devil town. Oh, Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. And all my friends were vampires. Didn't know they were vampires. Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town. I was living in a devil town. Didn't know it was a devil town. In 2006, Jeff Furzern released a documentary about Johnston by the name of The Devil and Daniel Johnston. The film took four years to make and collected some of the vast amounts of recorded material that Johnston and in some case others have produced over the years to help accurately portray his life and his music. This documentary won high praise and received a director's award at the 2005 Sundance Film Festival. This film once again sparked more interest among the public at large in Johnston and his music and led to him becoming a regular touring artist again. And in 2006, his then label, Eternal Yip by Music, released his first greatest hits compilation by the name of Welcome to My World. Over the next few years, Johnston toured extensively across the world and continued to attract attention from the music world at large, both from the press and from listeners. And his artwork was shown in galleries throughout the world, including the Aquarium Gallery 
New York's Clementine Gallery, and the Liverpool Biennial. And in 2009, his work was exhibited at the Museum of Love at the Verge Gallery in Sacramento, California. In 2008, Dick Johnson, Johnson's brother and manager, revealed that a movie deal based on his life and music had been finalized with a tentative release date of 2011, and he also said that a deal had been stuck with Converse for a signature series, Daniel Johnston Shoe. Later, it was revealed that Dick Johnston and Converse had dropped the plan, and in early 2008, a Jeremiah the Innocent collectible figure was released in limited runs of four different colors, and later that year, Adjustable Productions released Johnson's first live concert DVD by the name of The Angel and Daniel Johnson live at the Union Chapel, which was recorded during a 2007 appearance in Isleton, London. Is and Always Was was released on October the 6th, 2009 on Eternal Yippie Music. And Johnston's album is noted for his upbeat sound in comparison to all of his previous albums. And here is a song from that particular album. This is I Had Lost My Mind. In July of 2017, Daniel Johnston announced that he would be officially retiring from live performing and would bark on a final five-date tour in the fall with each stop featuring the backing of a musician or group that had been influenced by his music and whose own music Johnston admired. In New Orleans, he was with the Preservation All-Stars. On two dates in Philadelphia, he was with the Districts on date one and Modern Baseball on date two. And for the final concert in Chicago, he played with Wilco's Jeff Tweedy. On September the 11th, 2019, Daniel Johnston was found dead from a suspected heart attack at his home in Waller, Texas. It is believed that he died during the night, likely in his sleep just a day after being released from the hospital due to kidney issues. Jeff Tweedy, with whom we just mentioned, played with Johnston at one of his life's ever shows in 2017, probably gives the quote in which sums up Daniel Johnston's life and music the best. Jeff Tweedy says, and I quote, Daniel has managed to create, in spite of his mental illness, 
and not because of it. He's been honest in his portrayal of what he has been struggling with without overtly drawing attention to it. We mentioned the Chicago concert, which was one of Johnson's very last that he played with Tweedy in 2017. And this particular performance was recorded and released a year after Johnson's death in 2020. And we'll close this episode on the life and music of Daniel Johnston with the very last song performed at that Chicago concert with Jeff Tweedy back in 2017. Here he is, Daniel Johnston, with True Love Will Find You in the End. True love will find you in the end. You'll find out just who was your friend. Don't be sad, I know you will. But don't give up until true love will find you in the end. This is a promise with a catch. Only if you're looking can it find you. Cause true love is searching too. But how can it recognize you unless you step out into the light, the light? Don't be sad, I know you will. But don't give up until true love will find you in the end. That one show is brought to you by The Goblin Trading Company and is written, recorded, and produced by me, Brian Combs, most of the time right on my kitchen table. If you enjoy this show, I ask that you please share it with others that you think may like it as well. And in the meantime, check out that one show on social media, either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or all of the above. Thanks for listening. And until next week, spin that black circle.